Y'all already know who it is. It's your boy Loso, man. And y'all listen to the number one sports podcast out, MTMV Sports. Y'all see it. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in hot. Hey, how you doing? This is Rick Sincere with MTNV Sports, man, and, and we are blessed. I mean, like, super, incredibly, ridiculously yes, blessed right now yes, um, to be on the mic or on the phone um, with Chris Broussard, man. I'm, I'm just, like, overwhelmed by the situation right now, um, but we're going to hop into it because there's a lot to talk about, um, and so I definitely want to, wanna, you know, get into it, man. Um, everybody knows, you know, like, what the situation is. Um, I just want to, I just want to hop in. Miles, how you doing today? Man, I'm doing good, man. I, I, I'm trying to to get it together after we just lost the, the Lakers. Just lost to Memphis, man. This is this is uh it's it's, it's t- turning up to be a, a hard season here. But like like Chris said before before we got on here, man, this is real, and you got to speak the truth. It, it's it's hard to see my Lakers look like this right now. Look, one of the absolute um, best voices um, of all times in the um, NBA, as far as the analyst is concerned, FS1 NBA analyst Chris Bissard is here. How you doing today, Chris? I'm great, man. How are y'all? Doing super well, man. Um, we we want to hop in, like we want to talk about what's going on with with LeBron, um, and and these Lakers, man. We just um saw what happened in this, this game. Um, overall, do you see any way, any way, you see LeBron and these Lakers making the playoffs? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna call them dead now. Um. They're still what they're three games out, I believe, from San Antonio in the eighth spot now. San Antonio's struggling. They've lost three straight. I don't think the Clippers, you know, for all their talk, they, I mean, they lose their first-round draft pick if they make the playoffs. So I don't think they're really trying to. And the Lakers still have LeBron James, although he really hasn't looked like LeBron James lately. <laughs> so really? I'm going to give them a shot. I mean, it, it's look, it's terrible. These losses, Memphis, New Orleans without Anthony Davis or Indiana without Victor Oladipo, Atlanta. The Lakers need to realize that they are getting every team's best shot. Yes, sir. Particularly the bad teams. For sure. For Memphis, this was their Super Bowl tonight. This was their playoff. Their championship was beating the Lakers tonight. LeBron James has been beating up on the league for a while, everybody but the championship teams, but he's been beating up on most of the league for 15 years now. And yeah. so now these guys see he's vulnerable, and they are going for the jugular, as they should. Yeah. And uh, so the Lakers, it is going to be a dogfight, and let's see what they're made of. Yeah, yeah. If they can get it together, what's going to be the thing that, that they do to get it together in time? Well, I would say the number one thing is defense. Now, tonight they obviously didn't score a ton of points in their loss to Memphis. Against New Orleans, offense was great. Defense was the problem. Tonight they didn't get much offense. Now, Memphis plays at a slow pace, and they controlled the game and the tempo. But um, I think so their defense, but defense is often a result. One of the things that contributes to good defense is chemistry, camaraderie, trust. And they just don't have that. Yeah. They don't have that since the trade deadline. I'm not going to put it all on the young players because, you know, Brandon Ingram has played well. Kyle Kuzma's played solid. Um, 
I think they're they're they've done a decent job individually of getting past seeing their names in the trade rumors for Anthony Davis. But as a team, they just have no trust in one another. They have no chemistry. They have no camaraderie. And that's a big part. When you're not a great team, which they aren't, uh, you need that to help you win some games. And they don't have it. So that's a big problem. A lot of it's due to the trade deadline. A lot of it's due to injuries. You know, remember, Rondo's missed over 30 games. LeBron obviously missed his 18. Ingram's missed 11. Lonzo Ball is still out. So, you know, they've been, they haven't really had a lot of time to play as a full unit. And because of that and all the other drama, they lack chemistry, which is, is hurting them right now. Yeah, for sure. I, I think the biggest thing for me, Chris, is, is seeing um, what they what they went through from pre LeBron pre LeBron injury into into what it looks like now. We were the Lakers were fourth in the West, a top ten defense when 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 LeBron goes down and when he comes back. I mean, they, I mean, even when he was out, they were what I believe they got better on defense. Went went to the seventh uh, yep. in, in defense, and you're looking at what the team looks like now, what does it take? I mean, does it shine a light on Lonzo and the importance of his length and defense as a point guard? Or what does that point to in the, in the sense that we went from fourth place to a 10th place team fighting for the playoffs? Well, yeah, Lonzo is missed, particularly on the defensive end. He was He's long. He's got great defensive instincts. And he can switch. They, they like to switch a lot of things. So, He's a versatile defender who can guard different positions, so he's good in the switching defense. But I don't want to put it all on his absence. I mean, he's also a 41% foul shooter. And, you <laughs> know, statement. I mean, yeah, not aggressive, <laughs> doesn't give you a ton of offense. So I'm not going to act like he's the savior, yeah. uh, even though he is missed. But it speaks to, as they admitted after the loss Saturday, lacking a sense of urgency. Um and, you know, some of the injuries, they haven't had been able to develop good chemistry. But you see teams getting wide open three-pointers game after game after game against the Lakers. Yeah. I, That's the problem. I, yeah. Um, I think that, obviously, LeBron James is not nearly the defender he used to be. Just stands around, kind of. Um, <laughs> but I get, look, you can still be a good defensive team even if one of your guys isn't really that great on that end anymore. I mean, we see Golden State protect Steph Curry. Yeah. We see uh, Houston protect James Harden. Yeah. And yeah. I think LeBron may be looking for those young guys to cover for him and protect him, which I think is fair because he's in his 16th year. He's got all that playoff mileage on him. Yeah. He's 34 years old. Yeah. But he's, and he's still giving you an offensive end. They, well, I was going to say, they need his production offensively. Yeah. Because you saw when they, you said it, they increased to seventh in the league defensively when he was out, but they couldn't score, so they went 16 and 12. Yeah. So he's going to give them offense, not only his own scoring, but getting other guys in positions to score. So they need to make up for him defensively. Uh, and I think he's looking for that type of trade off. Yeah, I think I think also. I mean, the, the the bench definitely didn't come in come in handy tonight. I mean, as as the Lakers go down uh, to Memphis, losing one ten to one hundred five, um, the Lakers bench, including Rondo, KCP, Hart, Chandler, Muscala, scored seven points in the seventy minutes combined on the court. 
I mean, you, you're looking for help. Brandon Ingram has, has stepped up in these losses, giving you 25-plus, but you're looking for more from the rest of the team. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, look, there's no <laughs> excuse. I mean, sir, like, seriously, like, yeah. you know, you Saturday right. it was the defense. Now, tonight is the offense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you expect Rondo to give you a lot? <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. KCP, you know, he can score. He can have his nights, but – you know, this is a team, like I said, injuries have kept them from developing any type of solid rotation. Yeah. Um, and LeBron is playing point guard, essentially. And historically throughout his career, when he plays point guard, for you know, exclusively, like he's never wanted to be point guard totally. Yeah. He likes to, you know, when I want to bring it up, I will. But I also like being on the wing and in the post. And, you know, I don't want that full bore responsibility of having to be the point guard. And when he has been in those positions to pretty much strictly play point, which he has recently, he doesn't look to score as much. That even goes back to Miami when he played point there at times. And it worked because you still had Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Yeah. You had some shooters around you. Yeah, for sure. But now with the Lakers, <clears throat> he hasn't been able to strike that balance. Like, if he's going to play point guard, they also need him to just straight try to go for 40 some nights. <laughs> and look, sure. yeah. I mean, it's it's on the table. Is he capable of that anymore? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I said it, it last year, there's never been a player in the NBA history who was the best player in the world in his 15th year. This is LeBron's 16th year. And let's face it, he may not be the best player in the world anymore. He certainly hasn't looked like it since he's been back from injury. Let let me get to the end of the season, Chris. Come on, man. (laughs) Hey, I call it like I see it. And And I'm not saying it's definitive yet. I want to see a larger sample size. For sure. But, again, 16th season – and, you know, he's not been able to take over these games consistently like he has in the past. Like I like believe he's still capable of. That's the question. Right. Yeah, so this will be – we're going to end this – we're going to move on to the next topic, but I got to get one more Lakers question out of you. At the end of this season, playoffs or no playoffs, is Luke Walton the coach of the Lakers next year? Well, you have to leave – I mean, if they get to the playoffs and have – a surprisingly good run, say they get to the conference finals and lose to Golden State, then I think there'd be a good argument for bringing Luke back. Uh, Makes sense. But that doesn't seem in the realm of reality right now. I mean, you'd have to give him a shot, but that would seem to be very, uh, you know, that, that just seems very unlikely at this point. So, Barring some great playoff run, then, yeah, I think Luke is gone after this season. I'm, I'm pretty confident he's gone. Yeah. So I want to I want to talk about the East a little bit. Um, you've been kind of on record as saying that you see the Bucks as that team, right, coming out of the East, or at least that's the team that you you know at least you know see them being competitive out of the East. My question is, do you see them as a true possibility of challenging the Warriors if they if they make it there? That's a good question. And, I, and at first, I think the East is very tight. I think Boston, even though you know they've lost a few games here and recently, and they obviously have their locker room issues with, between Kyrie and the, the younger players. But, man, they are well coached. They got dogs. They got hunger. They got skill. 
and they got Kyrie. And uh, <laughs> they are going to be a tough out. I don't care if they're the seventh seed. They're going to be a very tough out in the East. I give you so that. I put Boston, Toronto, and Milwaukee all on the same level. All of them. I, like I, I wouldn't be surprised if either of them came out of the Eastern Conference. But yeah. to answer your question about Milwaukee, uh, look, they're long. They can shoot the three. They can score inside. They're the only team in the NBA in the top five offensively and defensively. They're well coached. Um, they gave Golden State trouble when they beat them earlier in the season yeah. because of that length. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I would not see them beating the Warriors, but I and and because of their lack of experience, it's hard to say they would even really challenge them and give them a great series. But that length is a bit scary if you're Golden State. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would think that the Warriors would win that series pretty handily. Yeah, I want I want to see I want to be able to see what what Budenholzer looks like um, again in the playoffs with a new team. We remember, you know, him taking the Hawks to sixty plus wins and them getting swept by by LeBron and his Cavs. So I, I want to be able to see what what Budenholzer looks like. That wasn't on Budenholzer. I mean, yeah, you, I give you, you, that. you didn't have a much of a squad. Yeah, you know, he did a great job to get them sixty wins. Yeah, that's definitely true. But I, you had Jeff T, Kyle Corver, Paul Millsap. Yeah, and, I, I uh, thought they were getting a win in that Jamari series. Kara, uh, I win, was surprised win. at the sweep. They, they, nah, come on. Man. <laughs> was, I mean, sir, in the in the NBA, you need superstars in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. To be to win deep in the playoffs. Yeah, because it's you're only focusing on one team. Yeah, and true. so I know everything you're doing. I know what you like. I know when you take two dribbles to your left, what that means. I know what your head fake means. I know what you like to do on the block. Like we know everything you're doing. We know your play calls. So when everybody knows what everybody else wants to do, I just need a dog who can go get it. When you know what I'm doing, but you still can't stop. Yeah, that's true. And that's what it takes. That's why Boston needs Kyrie. That's why LeBron has been so great in the postseason. That's why only twice in the history of the NBA have has a team without a real superstar won a championship. And that was Detroit and Detroit no four and Seattle in seventy nine. Yeah. Ooh, that's a big old gap. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So so as we as we talk about um the NBA playoffs coming. We know soon after that we have the NBA draft and NBA prospects coming with one of the biggest prospects right now being Zion Williamson. With that injury going down with him busting out of his PGs, um, I mean, when, when you look at Zion Williamson, what he can bring to a team, what does what is a, what does a player like Zion Williamson and the addition of Zion do to a franchise besides put butts in the seats? Because me – me and Rick have had this this conversation going back and forth. Is he closer because he's been compared with LeBron James and the the the, the abilities that he has and what he does on the court? But we've looked at him being closer to LeBron James or a Blake Griffin when he first came into the league. How, 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 I'll how, say he's closer to Blake. He's not LeBron. I mean, gotcha. he, he doesn't he doesn't play like LeBron. Um, in fact, first of all, how's he dominating that Duke? He's off the ball. This is very true. Which is a plus. Yeah. Like. That's good. You know, he's got a ball-dominant guy in R.J. Barrett, and uh, Zion is showing you 
he can still dominate a game playing off the ball, which I like. Uh, so if I'm like New York and I get Kyrie and Kevin Durant and the number one pick, I, I was saying earlier, you probably trade that pick, basically being Zion, yeah. for Anthony Davis. But the more I think about it, with Durant and Kyrie, you're going to need somebody who can be effective off the ball. Yeah, And I think Zion, I, the more I think about it, the more I would be leaning toward keeping Zion. Um, so you would rather put Zion if I got with, those two. with those two? Just because he can play. And again, I, I'm, I'm going to reserve my final oh, for sure. judgment but on it. But Anthony Davis needs the ball, is used to having the ball. Same with Kyrie and Durant. That's going to be a tough transition. And one of them would have to get used to playing without the ball. We saw it in Miami where Chris Bosh was the one, and he essentially had to become a spot-up three-point shooter, glorified role player. For sure. Um, it works in Golden State because Clay doesn't need the ball a lot. Like, he doesn't have to dribble it, and he can catch and shoot. <laughs> Steph can catch and shoot. Yeah. KD can catch and shoot, even though he likes to handle. So, that's what, to have three 20-point scores or close to that, one or two of them just needs to be able to do it without the ball in his hands. So, Zion would probably be able to really excel with KD and Kyrie. So, um, but yeah, I think he's, I don't see LeBron. I know he's got some floor skills, some ball handling skills, a little bit of vision, can pass the ball. Um, obviously, the body type, you, you know, you, the size, the explosion. But I don't see him just handling the ball, dominating the ball, controlling things like LeBron. Yeah. Uh, what I see is closer to a Blake Griffin, but I really think he's more like a a souped-up, turbocharged uh, 2019 version of Charles Barkley. Mm. Um, That's a good comparison. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, his I think his three point shot will get better. His jumper's not broken. Yeah, uh, and if you look at guys like Blake Griffin, like Jason Kidd, who've come into the league without any jump shot, yeah, and develop good ones. So I think he can develop a good jump shot. But in the meantime, it's easier than ever to get to the rim in the NBA, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. because, because the floor is so spread. Yeah, and um, when he gets to the rim, he can finish. With his size and explosiveness, he should be able to finish over length and over taller guys. So I think he'll be effective even until he develops that that really good jump shot. Yeah, I, I definitely think he'll come into the league and – I mean, I mean, like you said, with the with the Jason Kidd or Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin, I mean, really has come into his shot here recently, right? The past couple of years. So, as we as we sit and talk about Zion, possibly uh, the New York getting the number one pick or whoever ends up with that number one pick, um, we talk about the possibility of KD and, and Kyrie teaming up in New York. I mean, the great the great Chris Broussard, who just happens to know almost everybody in the league. What are you hearing, and what this summer looks like? Is there any bold predictions where you see where a Kawhi may be signing with a certain team or a Kyrie and KD may teaming up like that happens is. I mean, I know you can't share all your secrets, but are there any bold predictions you see happening this summer with the, with the free agent class being so stellar? 
Yeah, I mean, most of when you talk to people around the league, the feeling is Kawhi is going to the Clippers. Mm. Kyrie and Durant may go to the Knicks. Uh, I think Boston, Danny Ainge was trying to trade for Anthony Davis. But, and that could happen. But I could see Anthony Davis maybe getting traded to the Lakers. Um, I don't think Philly will re-sign Jimmy Butler. They'll oh, wow. resign Tobias Harris. Okay. Um, That's a bold prediction. I think the Lakers need to look at Butler, even though he's – I wouldn't max him, but he, the market for him is not going to be what he thinks because yeah. of his attitude. And um, I think LeBron is a guy that could – that Butler will respect and be on good behavior. You know, his problems have been with these young teams where even if they have a few players better than him – they're younger, and he doesn't necessarily have to respect them. Uh, so I think he would be on decent behavior with LeBron. Um, so he's somebody I think they need to look at. Yeah. We thought. Um, Clay Thompson will stay in Golden State. Oh, for sure. And, uh, yeah, so those are some, a lot of the, the big names that are out there. What do you think about Cousins? Um, last year, the Warriors got him for, like, dirt cheap. What do you see happening? I mean, for real. But what do you I mean, see was, happening with was, Cousins? It was dirt cheap because he he wanted to, he wanted a ring, man. Come on. It, it just, well, he he nobody else was offering him big yeah. deals. Yeah. See, see, but that's because that, of the Achilles injury, yeah. and he just hasn't. When's he won? He hasn't played winning basketball. Yeah. But didn't it, and, didn't it come and his out? Attitude. Hmm. Yeah, did, didn't it come out that the Pelicans did offer him somewhat of a contract, and he he wasn't signed because of the timing of it. They had some interest, but gotcha. he wasn't getting the big offers that he wanted. Oh, I got you. From Makes anybody. Sense. And um, this, some, he's been on his best behavior, but some teams are going to – it only takes one, but teams are also going to look at, look, yeah, of course he was good in Golden State. He was <laughs> – you know, he's with a bunch of winners. He wasn't going to go in there and disrupt that locker room. They didn't really need him. Yeah. Um, he's wanting to impress teams and get that big deal. So – what he might get is a, a shorter contract, maybe a year or two, at big, you know, pretty decent money. Um, he's not he's not getting a long term max. I I wouldn't think unless you know it only takes one. Some team could be desperate. Yeah. But um, he's gonna have to. I think what teams would like to do is sign him to a short term deal and at bigger money and have him kind of you know prove that he's he got the right attitude and. And he's fully healthy and, you know, can can be the player he used to be and lead a team to some wins. Because that's – look, man, teams are getting – you look at John Wall in Washington and all the money. I mean, heck, his big extension hadn't even <laughs> yeah. started. Yeah, man. And, and he doesn't he doesn't lead – he hasn't led to wins. Yeah. And so teams true. are really looking at, okay, yeah, you're a great individual player, but are you going to help us win? And if not – some teams are being hesitant on that money. Yeah, I've seen it because of what the, the I mean, with the CBA and just the just the totality of the, what these contracts are looking like now. In the past couple of years, you have role players making twenty twenty five million a season. Um, so as as so as, as we talk about that and just what the the free agency will look like this summer and, and what teams are are doing right now in this moment. I know we watched James Harden end his thirty point streak tonight when he just dropped twenty eight. Um, was was a, basically a basket away from extending this thing. Um, 
Does this? I mean, does that thirty point? Because what what I see in the NBA right now is that people people love a story. At, even even when you look at Giannis and he's he's leading this team, leading the Milwaukee Bucks and being first in the East, and I, I believe the best record in the NBA. When you're looking at that type of story, when you see something like people like iconic things. So as James Harden is leading this this streak of thirty point games, I felt like Giannis kind of got lost in the shuffle, like he wasn't the top MVP. To in my opinion, I thought I believed him to be the MVP. Um, but are you seeing something different in that, in the way people see the MVP race, and who do you see in that spot right now? Right now, it's Giannis. Okay. And uh, the reason Harden was the front runner for the MVP up till a few weeks ago was not only obviously he was having this tremendous historical you know scoring streak which was legitimate but also they were winning yeah and they were winning without Chris Paul without Clint Capella and even for a little stretch without Eric Gordon so you know they were 15 and 6 I think at one point during his streak yeah and uh so that all that that's what propelled hard not only you were you were doing damage individually but you also carrying the team in the west to big wins but they've fallen off recently they uh have been now tonight they're 13 and 10 i believe in their last 23 yeah one point it was 11 and 9 then 11 and 10 and so with them coming back to earth you know even though harden was still putting up the big points you have to win only twice in the last 33 years has a player won the MVP award without his team having the first or second best record in the conference. And that was Michael Jordan in 88 and Russell Westbrook when he averaged a triple double the first year. And that was just historic. So um, that's why Giannis has moved ahead. But for Houston, and I said today on television, they uh they needed to wean themselves off of the all hard and all the time mm, offense. Yeah, anyway. yeah. I wanted you, I wanted you to mention. I saw you talk about that today. Yeah, because no matter how good one player is, he can't win a championship by himself. He can't beat a good team that has skilled players with talent who play together. Yeah. Will Chamberlain was a one man show and only won two championships. And the years he won his rings, he won it in, like, his seventh year, I believe. We averaged 24 points a game, which was his lowest scoring average to that point. Then he won it again in his 11th, I believe, which was – I might have the years a little off, but he only averaged 14 points a game that year. Wow. Because he was playing more team ball. He's rebounding, blocking shots, passing the ball. Yeah. Uh, LeBron was a one-man system for the bulk of his career. And I don't mean he didn't have help, because obviously he did in Miami in the second go-round in Cleveland. But he becomes the system. And he's got three rings in in 16 years. You know, and it's hard. Even though he's been the best player in the world for the last 10, 11, 12 years or whatever, but he's, you know, the teams that have given him trouble, San Antonio and teams. Good Golden teams. State yeah, teams. Yeah. They play team ball. Team ball and yeah. that San Antonio team was old. Yeah. Tim Duncan was a shell of himself. <laughs> but true. they just played as a team and they could shoot. And so, uh, same thing with James Hart. You're not beating Golden State with one man, a one man show. Yeah. Definitely. You might win a regular season game as they did. 
but you're not going to beat them in a seven-game series. So now I saw tonight, you mentioned he had 28, Chris Paul had 20. Now they're getting more back to the style they played last year where both of those guys were stars. And they were only five and five, and actually at one point four and five in the games Chris Paul had played since he returned from injury. Now they're six and five, but they were four and five because they had Chris Paul was basically a role player, an ancillary part in the James Harden show. (laughs) And now they're becoming more like they were last year where they both get to do their thing and shine. And they could be dangerous if they can master that again. But it takes a while to get out of, you know, not only was Harden into the scoring streak, but his teammates were too. (laughs) And, And so it's hard to get out of that mode. But it looks like tonight was a step in that direction. And, uh, you know, they should keep it going. If they do that for the next 20-some-odd games, they'll be dangerous come playoff time. I noticed you mentioned um, Wilt, and we've been talking about, um, hey, we're super happy to be talking to expert NBA analyst Chris Broussard, founder of the King Movement. Chris, what is the King Movement, and what are some major events coming up soon? King Movement, King is an acronym that stands for Knowledge, Inspiration, and Nurture Through God. It essentially is a Christian men's movement, a national Christian men's movement. I want to invite all the men out to the King Summit, the fifth annual King National Summit. The theme this year is return to royalty because we as men need to return to being the royal priesthood that God has called us to be. And so I want to invite all men out there uh, to come check it out, young men, older men. It's going to be a Friendship Baptist Church. We're going to have great, inspiring praise and worship. We're going to have enlightening workshops and breakout sessions. We're going to have uh, great prayer, great celebrity speakers and guests. Uh, And we're also going to have a three-on-three basketball tournament that anyone can play in. Please go register at kingmovement.com. That's kingmovement.com. As soon as possible, it is March 28th through the 31st, 28th through the 31st. Hey, thank you, Chris. That is in Atlanta, Georgia. Man, look, if it's anything like the huddle, you will not want to miss this event. Go register right now, right now at kingmovement.com.